All right, good to see everybody Thursday night. Hope you are doing good. We're going to go through Afghanistan to launch tonight. I'm just going to let the videos in a lot of ways speak for themselves. But just to bring this up for you, I want you to know that this is really this Afghanistan withdrawal and, you know, what they're going to try to do and what Biden has, has already tried to do. And I talked, I think, a little bit about this on Saturday night. But what the Democratic Party always tries to do is diversionary tactics. And what I mean by that is when Biden is asked about this, what he does is he starts talking about whether we should have stayed or whether we should have gone. There is nobody that thinks that we should have stayed in Afghanistan. Nobody thinks that, but that's the whole thing. They do that too. When you say something like, uh, there is no systemic racism in law enforcement. Are you saying there's no racism in America? That's not what we're talking about. That's a Potomac two-step diversionary tactic. And that's what they're trying to do right now is talk and say anybody who criticizes the withdrawal was for staying. Nobody was for staying. Trump had already drawn down troops from tens of thousands to 2,500 before Biden even got in office. Nobody was for, any, for, was for any of our troops staying long term. Of course, they should have stayed. I mean, logically speaking, but, you know, Democrats never let logic get in the way of what they believe or do. But logically, of course, you leave the troops in prior. You leave them there before you evacuate all of your civilians all of those that helped us in the struggle in Afghanistan for the last 20 years, American citizens, everybody, you leave the troops in there until you evacuate all those people, until you take out tens of billions of dollars worth of military equipment. You realize right now that there are Taliban members flying around in our Black Hawk helicopters, and soon they'll be in the hands of the Russians, soon they'll be in the hands of the Chinese, soon they'll be in the hands of the Iranians and everybody else, because Joe Biden... Lloyd Austin and Mark Milley are literally the three stooges. This is absolutely the biggest military debacle in the history of America. People will talk about battles lost. Listen, battles lost is one thing. Military debacles is another. This one right here has nothing to do with we gave it our best and we just got whooped. These are people that are out of their element. Mark Milley is nothing. He's the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Mark Milley is nothing but a bootlicking, butt-kissing moron that has bootlicked and butt-kissed his way to the top of the military somehow. And Lloyd Austin is nothing but a, a military-industrial complex peddler. He was he was a general. Then he got a job. I can't remember what board it was on, whether it was Honeywell or Lockheed Martin or whatever it was. So he goes on to one of those boards. This is how it works too in the, in the military with the industrial war complex is you've got military generals who end up negotiating multi-billion dollar contracts with Lockheed Martin, with Honeywell, whoever it may be. And then when they get, they go and they sign with that company. And then that company gives them a job on their board when they get off. Is that not bribery? Should that not be outlawed? Which one was there? And you got it? Raytheon. He was on the board of Raytheon. That's who Lloyd Austin was. Another military industrial complex contractor selling billions of dollars worth of military equipment. And that's what they do. Mad Dog Mattis, who's just a just a liberal, Democratic liberal, he's the same way. He was on the board of, of Lockheed Martin or Honeywell or whatever it was. And they go, so they're military men. They sell multi-billion dollar contracts and they end up on the board of the very company that they sold the contract to. And then somebody like Biden gets elected and pulls them out of 
you know, private, you know, of a private company, puts them back in military service, and then they're dealing with their same company again, selling them billions of dollars again. This time they're back in the military. And guess where they'll go when they lose this job? Back onto that board. See, that is quintessential, the epitome of the swamp. And that's part of the reason why we're there. The greatest thing that ever happened to Lockheed Martin, the Bush family, the Cheney family, is a 20-year war in Afghanistan. You're like, Tom, are you not pro-military? That's a diversionary tactic. That's what they'll do. That's a diversion. I'm talking about should what was, what was the advantages of us being in that war? What did America gain by being in Afghanistan for the last 20 years? So anyway... All of us said, all of us believe we should have gotten out. And their diversionary tactic is to try to get everyone to think that if you're uh, uh, calling out the this absolute apocalypse of this withdrawal, that you are for staying. No, no, no. That's what they always do. That you know, if you say that you're not for transgenderism, you're a transophobe. No, I just think it's stupid. I'm not afraid. Phobe means I'm afraid. I'm, I'm against gay marriage. Oh, you're a homophobe. I'm not a homophobe. I'm not afraid of gay people. I'm against gay people getting married. It's always a diversionary tactic, a diversionary argument. Don't fall for it. This is townhall.com. Biden dismisses concerns over images and videos of Afghans falling thousands of feet to their deaths trying to escape the Taliban. This is uh, Joe Biden and George Stephanopoulos. Play it for me. When you look at what's happened over the last week, was it a failure of intelligence, planning, execution or judgment? Look, I don't think it was a fair, look, it was a simple choice, George. When the, when the Taliban, uh, let me back it, put it another way. When you had the government of Afghanistan, the leader of that government getting in a plane and taking off and going to another country, when you saw the significant collapse of the, of the uh, Afghan troops we had trained, over, up to 300,000 of them, just leaving their equipment and, and, and taking off. That was, you know, I'm not, this, it, it, that, that's what happened. That's simply what happened. But we've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? What I thought was we're, we have to gain control of this. We have to move this more quickly. We have to move in a way in which we can take control of that airport. And we did. So you don't think this could have been handled, this actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No, I, I, I don't think it could have been handled in a way that there, we, we're going to go back in hindsight and look, but the idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that happened. So for you, that was always priced into the decision? Yes. See, these people, they're out of their element. This, this is an absolute clown show. These are stupid people. You need to understand that. These are, this is not Joe Biden because he has dementia. It's not that. Mark Milley, Joe Biden, Lloyd Austin, Jen Psaki, Kamala Harris, these are not smart people. Joe Biden just said, he, first of all, he gets mad about, that was four days ago. Well, what's going on now? Biden, what's going on now? Is the is the airports completely surrounded by the Taliban? The only reason why there aren't a whole bunch of people by the tens of thousands back on the tarmac like there was four days ago, which by the way, it was actually two days ago when he said that, 
But the only reason why there's not tens of thousands of people that are following C-17s down the runway, being run over by them, grabbing onto them, and then falling off when they're 1,000 feet in the air, the only reason why that's not going on now is because the Taliban has surrounded the airport at Kabul and won't allow people back out there. And he acts like there's been progress. There's been no progress. Now what the progress is, you know, according to Biden, because this was four days ago, is now you have the United States, the United States of America, groveling on their hands and knees, begging the Taliban to allow the 10 to 40,000 Americans somewhere, depending on which report you believe, 11,000 minimum, 40,000 maximum Americans that actually live in Afghanistan groveling with the Taliban. Please let us, please let them go to the airport. And he acts like there's progress being made. And he says, there's no way for this to have happened without chaos. Oh, let me tell you how it would happen again. I was just a cop for 25 years, never been in the military. Never, I mean, but anybody would know what, what, would, what would have caused us not to have chaos. You leave all your troops in there and over the last seven, eight, nine months, whatever it may be, is you start to evacuate people while you have the Marines on the ground, while you have the army on the ground. You evacuate all the people, all the Americans first, even though the Biden administration won't commit to doing that. You evacuate the Americans first, then our allies on the ground, the interpreters and those that helped us on the ground. You evacuate all the people first, starting with the Americans, and then you evacuate all of our equipment to the tunes of tens of 20 and 30s, 40 billion dollars worth of stuff on the ground. You get that off however long it takes. There wasn't a person shot. There was not a military member shot in Afghanistan for the last 19 months because of President Donald Trump. Nothing to do with Biden. All Biden has ever done was turn against everything that Trump has done. And this is the embodiment of that. So that's all that it took. There's no way for chaos not to have ensued. This, these people are stupid. There's no other way to tell me you shouldn't talk like that because you're a pastor. You need to read the Bible and see what Jesus said to people. These people are stupid. They are out of their element. It's not dementia. Joe Biden's been an idiot his entire life. So is Jen Psaki. So is Kamala Harris. So is Mark Milley. So is Lloyd Austin. They have been stupid idiots their entire life lives and we have to pay for it. And it all comes back to COVID-19 because none of these idiots would be in office right now if all of you patriot pastors out there who are now blasting Joe Biden and are blasting this debacle, which you're, which you're right to do. But if it wasn't for you closing your churches for COVID, none of these idiots ever would have been elected. None of these idiots ever would have been nominated and put in place in Joe Biden's administration because you caved to COVID you allowed a giant election fraud to take place because of you. Understand that. If you're a COVID-caving conservative, if you're a COVID-caving Christian, if you're a COVID-caving pastor, this debacle sits squarely on your lap because it never would have happened if Donald J. Trump was elected president. And I know that Donald J. Trump was not perfect. He pushed out vaccines. He was wrong. He caved to a lot of things that Anthony Fauci said. He was wrong. But this never would have happened under Donald Trump. We all know that. Right, let's go to the next thing. Now remember, what Biden said was this. Biden said that it had to be chaos, and he doesn't really look at this as a failure. This is the best that we could do. Play the video, play the video for me. 
Just go right to the video. It is just an absolute mess. And we heard President Biden say yesterday in his uh, comments to ABC News that this is not a failure. And I think a lot of people outside that airport, particularly those taking the kinds of extreme actions we're just talking about, would like to know if this isn't failure, what does failure look like exactly? Yeah, if this isn't failure, what does failure look like? Well, let's take a look. Now, here's the thing. We've heard a lot of people comparing this to the fall of Saigon. This is way worse than the fall of Saigon. Let me give you some stats out of the fall of Saigon. Are you ready? In one week, in one week, and this is not counting military personnel, in one week in Saigon, we evacuated 137,000 people in one week in the 70s. Without all the, without the giant C-17s we have now, without the technology that we have now, 137,000 people in one week, in one week, how many people has Joe Biden evacuated so far? 2,500 soldiers. And now you can add about 300 Americans. They're getting about 300 Americans went out yesterday out of, out of Afghanistan. Thousands of Afghanis were out, came out, but about 300 Americans did. So you compare Joe Biden to Richard Nixon, I believe, was the president at the fall of Saigon, right? So 137,000 in one week in the, in the early 70s versus 2021 in Joe Biden, the only people that he evacuates prior to evacuating the civilians, prior to evacuating our allies, prior to evacuating billions and billions of dollars worth of equipment, Joe Biden evacuates all the soldiers first to the tune of 2,500 in months. Months and months, 90, 120, however many days Joe Biden accomplishes 2,500 evacuations of the most important personnel first, which is completely wrong. But if you compare the numbers simply, 137,000 civilians compared to 2,500 soldiers. 137,000 civilians in a week versus Joe Biden's 2,500 soldiers in months. These people are inept. They are out of their element. Watch this video. Play it for me. See any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling... None whatsoever. Zero. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. Helicopters and black smoke visible. American diplomats, including the ambassador, evacuated to the airport. At least 500 staff leaving the country so far. The embassy shuttered, the flag coming down. The evacuation of Americans is continuing tonight, but it has been interrupted by sporadic gunfire. The embassy telling Americans to shelter in place. to say i liked uh president trump's new uh emblem there save america speaking of donald trump play it for me to think of this we have a military it's holding it you know i got to reduce down to 2500 soldiers and they were doing a good job it was fine it was a smaller force i took it down from close to 20 to 2500 and we were fine but we have the military there and we take the military out before we took our 
civilians out. And before we took the interpreters and other, we want to try and help. But by the way, I'm America first, okay? The Americans come out first. But we're also going to help people that helped us. And we have to be very careful with the vetting because you have some rough people in there. But we're going to help those people. But can you imagine? Now, what we were going to do just very quickly is we were going to take the military out last, okay, last. The people were coming out. They were going to come out. But the agreement was violated, so I held things back because we weren't going to do anything, again, conditions-based. So well, they weren't we'll, we'll fulfilling their obligations and conditions. But here's just to finish. The people come out first. Then I was going to take all of the military equipment. We have billions and billions of dollars worth of new Black Hawk helicopters, brand new, that Russia now will be examining. And so will China and so will everybody else to figure it because it's the greatest in the world. We have brand new army tanks and all sorts of equipment, missiles. We have everything. I was going to take it out because I knew they weren't going to fight. Just one thing, and I have to say, and this is different from everyone else, I said, why are they fighting? Why are these Afghan soldiers fighting against the Taliban? And I was told some very bad information by a lot of different people. The fact is, they're among the highest paid soldiers in the world. They were doing it for a paycheck because once we stopped, once we left, they stopped fighting. So all of the people that talk about the bravery and everything, I say everybody's brave. But the fact is, our country was paying the Afghan soldiers a fortune. So we were sort of bribing them to fight. And that's not what it's all about. It's a great thing that we're getting out, but nobody has ever handled a withdrawal worse than Joe Biden. This is the greatest embarrassment, I believe, in the history of our country. Man, it makes me yearn for the days of Donald Trump. Amen. This never would have happened outside of Joe Biden and these inept people who are completely and completely out of their league. This is a YouTube video. Biden says his top military advisors... Now, I want you to see the contradictions in these videos. Biden's saying that he never, that none of his top military advisors, they never told him about any of the things that would happen, like the fall of Kabul, how quickly the towns are going to be taken over, that the Afghan army wouldn't fight. He was never told any of these things, allegedly. Another clip from the George Stephanopoulos video. Biden says his top military advisors did not tell him now, again, watch the contradictions. I'm going to show you from a couple different angles how this is another Biden bold face lie. He is an absolute artiste when it comes to bold face lying. He is a pathological liar. That's who this man is. Biden says his top military advisors did not tell him to leave troops there during the evacuation. Play it for me. But a whole hell of a lot more troops. But in. your top military advisors warned against withdrawing on this timeline. They wanted you to keep about 2,500 troops. No, they didn't. It was split. That, that wasn't true. That wasn't true. They didn't tell you that they wanted troops to stay? No, not, at, not in terms of whether we were going to get out in a time frame, all troops. They didn't argue against that. So no, no one told your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep... 2,500 troops, it's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. Look. So, first of all, his answer, if you notice, was completely incoherent. 
And it was that it was ununderstandable what his response was to Stephanopoulos there. He was just mumbling and bumbling around. That has nothing to do with dementia. It has to do with this man as a pathological, bold-faced liar. That's what it, that, that's who he is. And he has been from day one. He's been caught lying numerous times over and over and over again. This RNC uh, research video, former CIA analyst Matt Zeller. Now listen to what Matt Zeller says. And you decide for yourself whether or not Biden knew about the fall of the Afghan army, the fall of Kabul, and all the other territories that fell in 11 days. You decide for yourself whether or not Biden knew about it. Play it for me. Matt Zeller, exactly two weeks ago, you appeared on this program and you explained how your own life was saved by an Afghan interpreter uh, when you were serving in Afghanistan. And you called on the Biden administration to airlift the remaining Afghan interpreters and their families out. And you said if they stayed, it would be a death sentence. Those words, I think, were, were tragically prescient. Uh, what have you been hearing from people who were now trapped there in the country? They feel absolutely betrayed, and they should. We've left them there to die. I can't stand what Jake Sullivan said this morning. I, why does he still have a job at this point? These people need to be evacuated. I don't care if the president had bad choices. We told him that this was going to happen months ago. The Association of Wartime Allies, Human Rights First, Veterans for American Ideals, the International Refugee Assistance Project, the Truman Project, Iraq and Afghan Veterans of America, IAVA, we all told them as far back as April that this was going to happen and that they needed to start evacuating our Afghan wartime allies when we still had the troops and personnel in place and the country had not yet collapsed to the Taliban. This is worse. You know, the Secretary of State goes on TV this morning and says that this is not a new Saigon. He's right. It's worse. It's worse than Saigon. In Saigon, we got 130,000 people out in a week. We've been trying to conduct an Afghan evacuation now for the better part of a month, and we barely moved 2,500 people. I, I, they need to take full responsibility for their failure to evacuate our Afghan wartime allies. They we had more than enough time. They were warned that this was going to happen. This failure is as much of ours as it is as a Taliban victory. So a former CIA analyst says they were warned time and time again since April. Let's go over the timeline now. It's now August. So since April, they were warned that the Afghan army, which Joe Biden falsely touted, had 30, uh, 300,000 soldiers. It actually had around 60,000 is what they truly had. And they were warned time and time again. Biden says, nobody told me. Nobody told me anything, right? They were warned time and time again by numerous organizations that this was going to happen. So when you see people falling out of planes, letting loose of a plane at two to 3,000 feet in the air that is joe biden's fault just like all of those leaping off of the twin towers because they were being burned alive was george w bush's fault understand that that is the truth see i don't i'm not i'm not i don't sit here and go when it's wrong and a republicans doing did it and i i have you know avoid the topic absolutely not when it's wrong it's wrong that's called being principled instead of being a political hack well let's look at the two clowns two of the three stooges you have biden million austin the absolute three stooges of the world right now two three galactic moronic idiots here's 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 millie 
in Austin now for a couple seconds. This is townhall.com. Put that tweet up for me. Thanks, Will. Defense Secretary Austin looks completely stunned. When you see the beginning of this video, look at the look at his reaction to the question. When they're actually questioning, see right now, the liberal media has turned on these people because they have to. There's no way. that They wouldn't do it unless they absolutely have to. What made them turn on Millie, on Austin, on Biden? Why, why have they turned on Saki? Why have they turned? Because there's no way to escape the fact that people are letting loose of planes at 3,000 feet in the air. There's no way to avoid the fact that there are executed women. There are women on the streets of Kabul right now alive with their eyes gouged out because they're police officers. People with their arms cut off. There's no way to escape that. Even if you are an absolute Democratic Party sycophant Goebbels media, you cannot avoid that. So they are turning and they're starting to ask questions. Don't get me wrong now. As soon as they are able, they will go retroactively back to where they are. They are not our allies. Just because Jake Tapper is asking honest questions for the first time in a decade, it doesn't mean that they're our allies. But right now, let's enjoy it as they actually ask honest questions. And you look, Defense Secretary Austin looks completely stunned when a reporter asks him, it sounds like you were saying this depends on diplomacy with the Taliban, and that's it. Watch, play it for me. And, and where do you take that? I mean, how far can you extend into Kabul, you know, and uh, and, and how I long do you tell the us. forces in to be able to do that? So it sounds like you're saying this depends on diplomacy with the Taliban. That's it. That's our only option is getting them to agree to do this. Well, well let me add something here, Elaine. Um, we got a couple of uh, entry control points set up. Um, a north one, east one, and a, and a, and a third one at Abbey Gate. Uh, they're currently manned with consular officers, Marines. This is all part of the perimeter. Messages have gone out um, by various means of communication from the all state. All right, back Department. to me. Now, he said they have entry control points. I want you to keep that in mind. What does that mean? That's where you have to go if you're an American, a north, south, east, west, whatever, Kabul Airport. That's where you have to go. How would you get there? If you have the entire Kabul Airport, Surrounded by the Taliban, they are routinely executing people all around you, imprisoning people, shots fired all over the place. How would you get there? But don't worry, don't worry, because Millie and Biden and Austin sent out an email. They're, don't you feel better? See, these people are out of their element. They don't understand anything. They have no idea what it means to actually be in harm's way. Well, Tom, you don't either. Bull crap, I don't. I was a cop for 25 years. I do know what it's like to be in harm's way. These people do not. They sent out an email. Their email basically says to the American citizens there, your safety is in your own hands. Don't do anything to jeopardize it. And if you can come to one of the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff's uh, entry control points, it's all part of the perimeter, this idiot says. Like as if he's some sort, all, all, these, all these Washington people at their little podiums, and they all are supposed experts. Have you ever looked at their track records? We're $30 trillion in debt, and we give these people some sort of credibility? Why? And then you put, their, you put a mask on when they tell you to put a mask on? You take a vaccine that Mark Milley tells you to take, that Lloyd Austin tells you to take? Lloyd Austin walks around with his mask on and his spit shield on. He's fully vaccinated. 
and we take advice from these people. Look, look what they look at what they accomplish. Whenever whatever they set their hands to do is a giant crap heap. They've never done any. None of these guys has ever accomplished a thing in their lives. And Nancy, what has Nancy Pelosi ever accomplished? Ever except funneling money to her husband. That's all she's ever. She comes in. She's worth nothing. Now she's worth seventy to one hundred fifty million dollars, making one hundred forty thousand a year. And we take we take advice from these people. But back to Millie there, his entry control points. Well, let's look at how possible this is to even get there. Play the next video for me. You know, I, I, I've covered all sorts of crazy situations. This was mayhem. This was nuts. This was impossible for an ordinary civilian, even if they have their paperwork. No way they're running that gauntlet. No way they're going to be able to navigate that. It's, it's very dicey. It's very dangerous. And it's completely unpredictable. There's no order. There's no coherent system for processing people, separating those with papers from those who don't have papers. And honestly, to me, it's a miracle that more people haven't been very, very seriously hurt. And listen to this now. I will keep that right there because I want you to do a side by side with that woman frozen in that outfit with me for just a second. So first of all, let me just go over the strategic points here. Where Mark Milley says, don't worry, we've got our entry control points. And this uh, CNN reporter, she's saying, you know what? There is no way to get to these entry control points. There's no way to get there. It's absolute chaos. There's no way to get there. They don't even provide a way for them to get there. This, I mean, do you think about it? They've evacuated the entire military. They're sending them back now to the tune of three to 8,000, but everybody's already stranded outside of a, of a perimeter controlled by the Taliban. Unless you actually launch military action, there is no way to get the Americans back except by the graces of the Taliban. And I just want to show you something. This reporter right here, I can't remember her name offhand, but she was just a couple days before this. Of course, she was completely looked at, you know, like an American woman. But now she's had to go by this. See, this this is the Democratic Party way. Just so you know, that that right there is the outfit, the religious attire of of the uh, of the Taliban, of uh, Islamic uh, extremists, whatever it may be. But this is the Democratic Party wants you to have this outfit on. This you know, put it side by side, side by side. I know, side by side. I need the way it was. Hurry, hurry. This is this is. This is the attire of the religious Democrats right here. See it? This is their attire. They'll turn you into that. They'll be glad to turn you in. This is, this is what the Democrats want. Get your Vax passport. This is their religion. Now you get, now if you want to do it, now just like, you know, you've got, you know, uh, Catholics with this, you know, going on here. Well, the, with the Democrats, it's this. See, you go like this right here, right here, you know. And right here. So they're, they're, your, sign, your sign of obedience to covetology is here, here, and here. And then you're, if you really want to be a devout covetologist, you just put this here. These are like your rosary beads. You leave that hanging right here. So you get to be religious just like this. Just as useless as this religion. Yeah, I said it. Don't care. But that, that's their plan. They don't care. They'll, they'll cave. In, listen, they'll cave to anything. The Democrat will. But anyway, that's the, I want you to see how it is. That's just as useless an outfit as that mask that I just put on. All right, Breitbart video, woke general Mark Milley admit, admits he didn't see Kabul coming, too busy, this is our part, this is Breitbart's part, too busy studying white rage. Play it for me. There was nothing that I or anyone else saw that indicated a collapse of this army and this government in 11 days. 
Central Command submitted a variety of plans that were briefed and approved by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Secretary of Defense, and the President. These plans were coordinated, synchronized, and rehearsed to deal with these various scenarios. One of those continues. None of that matters, what the guy just said. No, I, I didn't see any of this. These were, these were synchronized. They were, they were looked at. They, we, we scrutinized and we synchronized. Who? A, bunch, a band of idiots. It doesn't add any sort of credence or credibility to any of this operation because Millie sitting there, and with, he, he tries to act official. He, you know, he tries to act like he's got great gravitas. This is the guy that's overseeing this. This doesn't mean anything. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. It's just a big giant clown show is all that it is. It's all fake authority, fake credence, fake credibility by people that have facilitated people jumping out off of airplanes at 3,000 feet because of what they've done. Play it for me. This is what we are executing right now. As I said before, there's plenty of time to do AERs and key lessons learned and to delve into these questions with great detail. But right now is not that time. The United States Military Academy is a university, uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. Well, I guess he really understands it now. It only comes at the cost of thousands upon thousands of, of people and billions and billions of dollars worth of equipment. Play the next one for me. First of all, I'm, I'm not going to uh, address specifically white rage or black rage or Asian rage or Irish rage or English rage or German rage or any other rage, right? Um, the, the events of the 6th of January happened. Those are all going to get sorted out. Historians will sort it out. Commissions will sort it out and so on. Uh, but I do think it's important. Uh, that we as a professional military uh, not only understand foreign countries and foreign cultures and foreign societies, that's important that we do that, uh, but we also need to understand our own society and, and understand the soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, uh, and the society they're coming from. And I think that's important for leadership to study. Thank you. You said the words white rage. Yeah, I said I'm not going to discuss it right now. I think it's a very complicated topic, and we don't have the time to go into the nuance of it right this minute. I can do that later. I'll be happy to do that later. Uh, but right now is not a good time to do that. It's too, com it's too complicated. We've only got time for one more, guys, and I want to get... Maybe they should have been listening to various analysts. Maybe they should have been doing different studies and research, recognizance, various other things outside of you having him testifying on the floor of, of the Senate or Congress talking about how he wants to understand white rage. It's nothing to do with the military. The military's job, stealing this from Rush Limbaugh, is to kill people and break things. That is the way that it is. You don't like it? Don't go in the military. That's the military's job. It is not for him to understand airmen, Marines, Army, Infantry, Navy, anybody. It is not his job to understand their right, their white rage. And just remember what we had, too. In all of February and all of March, we had a giant 60-day, so it actually went into April, a 60-day stand-down order issued by Lloyd Austin, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, because he wanted to root out extremism in the military, 
and root out racism in the military. What extremism and what racism? Find it for me. I like no. And remember, at that time, they were already on the timeline where they needed to be evacuating people. So while we were having a 60-day stand down in January, February, and March, while we were having that stand down to root out extremism among our own Marines and Army and Navy and Air Force and Coast Guard. While we were having that stand down, we were on the clock because we were supposed to be out of Afghanistan on May 1st. So you weren't evacuating civilians. You weren't evacuating Americans. You weren't evacuating allies. You weren't evacuating uh, our Black Hawk, uh, Black Hawk helicopters and various other billions of dollars worth of equipment. Weren't doing any of that, but you did have a 60-day shutdown to root out extremism. In other words, what they were doing at the time was going on to soldiers' Facebook pages and seeing if they were wearing MAGA hats, and that's what they were doing. All right, Arthur Schwartz. Biden's def uh, def uh, defense secretary says they're, they're only, they'll only evacuate Americans until the clock runs out. Oh, really? So the Americans are on the clock. So there's actually a clock that the 10 to 40,000 Americans that legally live in Afghanistan, they're actually on the clock right now because when the clock runs out, they're going to have to bow. They're going to have to become a member of the Taliban or die until the clock runs out or we run out of capability. We're out of cap This is the United States of America. Tell me how we're not at, we're not capable of evacuating our own citizens. This is the team that told us they planned for every contingency. That's what Biden told Stephanopoulos. That's what Milley has said. That's what Austin has said. They could plan for every contingency, but they they're but American citizens are on the clock. Play it for me. We're gonna get everyone uh, that we can possibly uh, evacuate evacuated, and I'll do that as long as we possibly can until the clock runs out or we run out of capability. All right, back to me. Let's go to the Daily Caller tweet. There we go. Secretary Austin, we don't have the capability to go out and collect large numbers of people. Oh, really? They don't have that capability. Play that for me. A distinction, uh, Barr, between extracting uh, someone in an in extremist condition or, or, or circumstance versus uh, going out and collecting up large numbers of uh of American citizens. You have the capability so, to go out. You can bring it back to me. So there you go. So they don't have any uh, any ability to do so. Well, let's look at about two days before he said that. Put it up, put that pick up for me. There we go. There's the uh, C-130 or the C-17 carrying approximately 800 Afghanis. And if you notice, hardly any of them are women and children. Always notice those pictures where allegedly we're evacuating because there's there's two sides of this coin. Just so everybody knows, there's people that were our interpreters and various allies on the ground, and then there's people that are saying that there are allies and interpreters on the ground. Understand that. There's a big difference. So when you get into the whole thing about where should all these Afghan refugees go, not here. Not here, unless, of course, they're very, very well vetted by our military intelligence. Well, it, hopefully they can be trusted. I, I don't even know what to say anymore because I don't know who to trust, but very well vetted by people who will honestly vet them. All right, let's go to the next thing, Liz Harrington video. This is Donald Trump. Play it for me. Let me go back. I want to get I've had a number of people tell me that there were very specific conditions and very specific warnings that you gave personally to the Taliban. Joe Biden is trying to blame you. I want first to give you an opportunity to respond to that, your assessment of what's going on. And what was that conversation to the extent you feel you're able to share it with us? 
Well, it's good to be with you, Sean, but it's a terrible time for our country. Uh, I don't think in all of the years our country has ever been so humiliated. I don't know, would you call it a military defeat or a psychological defeat? There's never been anything like what's happened here. It's, uh, you can go back to Jimmy Carter with the hostages. We all thought that was a great embarrassment, and we were pulled out of that by Ronald Reagan. This is uh, many, many times worse, and you're dealing with thousands and thousands of Americans and others that are stranded and very dangerously, really stranded in Afghanistan. So it's, uh, it's something that you, you can't even believe that a thing like this could. I looked at that big monster cargo plane yesterday with people grabbing the side and trying to get flown out of Afghanistan because of their fear, their incredible fear, and they're blowing off the plane from 2,000 feet up in the air. It's uh, nobody's ever seen anything like that. That blows the helicopters in Vietnam away. That's not even a contest. This has been the most humiliating period of time I've ever seen. Yeah, we had a great deal. We worked on it very hard. Mike Pompeo, a brilliant guy, and many others worked on it endlessly uh, meetings with the Taliban. Of course, you have to meet with the Taliban. They're the ones that you're negotiating with. I spoke on numerous occasions to the head of the Taliban, and we had a very strong conversation. I told him up front, I said, look, before we start, let me just tell you right now that if anything bad happens to Americans or anybody else, or if you ever come over to our land, we will hit you with a force that no country has ever been hit with before, a force so great that you won't even believe it, and your village, and we know where it is, and I named it, uh, will be the first well, one. Mr. The first President, I want to interrupt. Dropped right there. There you go. Now, why is that not being handled that way now? It, it, you know, the problem is in our culture, and it's why everybody caves to COVID. All the all the Christians, all the pastors. A lot of the conservatives all getting vaxxed, all wearing masks like they're told, is because everybody is a freaking gelding. Seriously. You, 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 why, why is Joe Biden not talking to the Taliban like that right now? See, if you don't deal with bullies like that, what did he tell the, what did he tell the head of the Taliban? He named his own village. He named his own village. Trump said to the head of the Taliban, we know where you live and your village will go first. Of course, Hannity, he's always interrupting people, drives me nuts. He blew up the whole statement. But that's what Trump said. We know where your village is and we will start with you. Why is that not, why, are, why, why is the Taliban not being spoken to like that? Because everybody in charge, the three stooges, Millie, Austin, and Biden are all harem eunuchs. They have no courage, no guts, and once again, they're not very intelligent people. All right, go to the next one for me, post-millennial. General Mark Milley, there was nothing that I or anyone else saw that indicated a collapse of this army and this government in 11 days. Just skip the video, Will. Let's go to the next thing. The Dirty Truth with Josh. There you go. Raheem Kassam says Joe Biden's State Department squashed a program started by President Trump to safely move people from Afghanistan. Remember, Biden says he knows nothing. He didn't know these things were going to happen. There was already a contingency plan in place to deal with mass evacuations. Play it for me. Breaking some news with us right now. What do you got? 
That's right, Eric. Thank you so much for having me this afternoon. Um, it, it means a lot, certainly, I think, um, to, to me. I care immensely about this issue, and I think it'll mean a lot to people around the world as well, especially the Americans who are currently stuck in Afghanistan. Uh, the National Pulse, we are reporting this afternoon that Joe Biden's State Department actively quashed a program that was started under President Donald J. Trump that was meant to enable the US government to extract people swiftly and safely from crisis zones around the world, including places like Afghanistan. This program was started, it's called the CCR. It stands for Contingency and Crisis Response. It was started in October of last year with a very, very specific purpose of helping extract Americans from crisis zones. That includes ordinary citizens and it includes diplomats, it includes members of the US uh, government in, in many different shapes and forms. The Biden administration began to squash this plan in February. We have published documentation that proves it this afternoon. It's up on the nationalpulse.com. It was finalized on June the 11th of this year that they were pausing this program just months before the Taliban retook Afghanistan and so, Kabul. So two months before the withdrawal began, Donald Trump had a team in place to prevent a Benghazi from ever happening again. Of course, just so you know, just speaking of Benghazi, this is this is a Democratic Party specialty. This this is their specialty. Jimmy Carter lost an U.S. embassy in, in Tehran. You have Barack Obama losing the embassy in Benghazi, and now you've got Joe Biden losing the embassy in in, in, in Kabul. Afghanistan. This is a Democratic Party tradition. It's like Christmas. It is, this is what the Democratic Party does. They surrender embassies. This is who they are. But anyway, like Raheem Kassam says, and follow, when you see these names, follow them on Twitter, follow them on social media. Next one's John Solomon. Follow these people. This is where, this is where I get all my information from, is just following numerous sources and reading numerous articles. That's what I do. So Raheem Kassam is saying that they had this the CCR in place to basically prevent a Benghazi from ever happening. On June 11th, Joe Biden canceled it. Two months almost to the day of the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Why would he do that? I don't know. It makes you kind of think sometimes, is any of this on purpose? If, if you are owned by the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, and the PLA, the People's Liberation Army of China, and you're owned by that because your son was given $1.5 billion from a CCP-controlled bank, maybe some of this you just want America to look inept. If you think of America not as a sovereign nation, but as a globalist state, maybe under the control of the, of the party of Davos, the WEF, if you think of America, if you think of yourself as the president of the United States, more of as the governor of the United States, which is a state of the globalist union, then maybe you don't care about us being humiliated as long as you got your $1.5 billion from a CCP-controlled bank that went directly into the pocket of Hunter Biden. All right, Rumble video with John Solomon. Biden knew the Afghan army would fail. And I say this on top of it, then so did Millie and so did Austin. Play it for me. Joining us now to discuss his investigation on that issue, it's published this morning in the justthenews.com website, is editor John Solomon. John, the question that always seems to be coming up here is, what do they know and when do they know it? 
So true. That is a question. And I think now we're getting a very good sense that Joe Biden knew at the moment he made those statements from the White House podium on July 8th, that I have full confidence that the Afghan army will hold the line against the Taliban, that he was being told internally that was not even a remote possibility. And uh, we went through uh, more than a thousand pages of memos, most of them written in June and July by senior people around the president, such as the inspector general for uh, Afghanistan Re Reconstruction, our top watchdog in the country, who issued a series of uh, scathing memos saying, listen, the Afghan army, their readiness on their air, uh, their air force went down in five of seven categories in June. That's a red flag. They're not ready to fight. He wrote another report, as you just mentioned, where they can't even basically refuel their own equipment on their own, and 50% of their fuel each week was being stolen, meaning the fuel set aside for the military was disappearing. It wasn't available to move tanks and armored cars and other things that you need to fight a war. Uh, he uh, repeatedly talked about the lack of readiness. He noted in one instance that every time an Afghan soldier came to the United States, there was large numbers of uh, defections. They'd come here for a little training and they'd go AWOL. This was an army not committed to its mission, according to John Sapko. Similarly, we talked to more than a dozen intelligence officials who told us the same thing. The warning throughout June and July was whatever confidence we used to have in the Afghan army, throw it out the window. They're not going to hold the Taliban a Taliban takeover is going to be inevitable. All of that information is piling up inside the White House and the National Security Council inside the Pentagon. And meanwhile, the uh, uh, administration is giving the American public, the Congress, a very different uh, uh, story. But that's not the only problem that has now members of both parties of con in Congress concerned. If you knew internally that the situation was going to fall apart, even if you're telling the American public something else, why weren't you ready to evacuate people? Why didn't you hold the Bagram Air Base, which was a secure air base, unlike Karzai Airport, where it's surrounded by the Taliban right now? There are a series of strategic decisions that flow from this information that the Biden administration appears to have failed to make. And the criticisms are across the political aisle now. I interviewed Mike Flynn yesterday, former national security advisor to Donald Trump, a man who spent 10 years in Afghanistan, knows the army, knows the intelligence situation there. He told me on my podcast, irrefutably, Joe Biden, when he looked in the camera July 8th, he almost certainly told a lie. And Senator Robert Menendez, uh, uh, the chairman, Democratic chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, said last night, somebody lied to the American people, and we're going to find out who it was. All right, back to All right. me. So let's, let's, let's do a little compare and contrast between how the U.K., how Great Britain is handling their citizens that are also stranded because of Joe Biden, stranded in Afghanistan. Let's look at, let's compare and contrast how they're handling versus how we're handling it. I put up Lucas Tomlinson tweet for me. UK's ambassador to, Af to Afghanistan. If you are a British national and need assistance, please call uh, plus 44 zero, whatever U.S. State Department. Do not call the U.S. Embassy in Kabul for details or updates about the flight. This form is the only way to communicate. So if you need help in Great Britain, here's a direct line to help. If you need help in the United States, if you're a United States citizen trapped in Kabul because of the ineptitude of Joe Biden, here's your advice. Do not call the U.S. Embassy. That, that's how we're handling it. Let's go to the next one. Wind Talker tweet. 
breaking, British paratroops are running vehicle patrols through center of Kabul to extract trapped UK citizens while Biden abandons trapped Americans. Where, where's our military going town, town to town, street to street? What's the Taliban going to dare touch one of our, uh, um, one of our soldiers, whether it's Marines or Army? Are they going to dare touch us? Would they? Well, Great Britain's chancing it. And what are we doing? Absolutely nothing because Lloyd Austin, Mark Milley, and Joe Biden are both, all, I mean, all three are geldings. Go to the next one. Disclosed TV tweet. Joe Biden, however, compare and contrast, is heading back to Delaware for a long weekend. For a long, that, 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 you can't call for help if you're an American, but don't you worry because Joe Biden is he heading back to Wilmington, Delaware for a long weekend. A long weekend, he just got back from vacation and he was only back for a day. And now what is he going on vacation from his vacation? And how does Biden handle tough questions? Well, let's take a look at that. Play it for me. We just need to finish the job with science, with facts, and with confidence. And together, as the United States of America, we'll get this done. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. And while I'm talking here, Will, go find me. Go switch, uh, skip ahead to that WikiLeaks tweet for me. Go to that one. Listen to this now. So you have Biden. He just, he's, I mean, again, I've been saying this since 2020. I have never seen the things that I'm seeing now. I mean, the Democrats pull off disappearing acts. They're able to pull it off because we do not have a media here. I mean, whether it's election night, we're suddenly at three o'clock in the morning, they stop counting ballots, shut down counting centers throughout the country, but only in close states, you know, only, only in the Georgias, only in the Pennsylvanias, only in the Michigans. Only the states that are close, they cut the, they suddenly stop kind of, and they just disappear. Jen Psaki, she disappeared for days. For days, nobody knows where she was at. Joe Biden didn't speak to this situation for six days. And now he goes up to the podium, and I know that was a couple days ago, but he still has yet to answer press questions since the fall of Kabul. He still has not answered press questions. He's gone up and given statements to the press, but he refuses to answer questions. I have never seen this before. I could not stand Bill Clinton. I could not stand Barack Obama. I, I even remember Jimmy Carter. I was a little kid, but I even remember him. I couldn't stand him either. But at least they stood there and answered questions. I mean, I, I don't like any of the Bushes, whether it's George W. or whether it was his dad. Don't like any of them either. But at least they stood there and they answered questions. Look at what is going on right now. We, we live in a banana republic, and the reason why we do is because of COVID. But here's a deeper thing. COVID is just a tool. It's just a tool. I, I treat it as a cause because it's ease of conversation, but it's really a tool of the globalists. WikiLeaks tweet, Julian Assange speaking in 2011. The goal is to use Afghanistan to wash money out of the tax bases of Europe and the U.S. through Afghanistan and back into the hands of the transnational, this is the WEF, security 
Elite, the goal is an endless war, not a successful war. Play it for me. Because the goal is not to completely subjugate Afghanistan. The goal is to use Afghanistan to wash money out of the tax bases of the United States, out of the tax bases of European countries, through Afghanistan, and back into the hands of a transnational security elite. That is the goal i.e. the goal is to have an endless war, not a successful war. Transnational security elite is the purpose of these endless wars. It is all, now I want you to look at it now. If you're sitting, you want to, you want money to be funneled into the transnational security elite, which is the World Economic Forum. It is the Great Reset. It's Klaus Schwab. It's Prince Charles. It's Joe Biden. It's John Kerry. It's Angela Merkel. It's Emmanuel Macron. Anybody you want to name, Boris Johnson. All of them. They are all part of the Great Reset. The World Economic. Forum. Go to their website. It is not right-wing tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. It's absolute fact. But if you want to fund these things or you have goals that you want to meet, you have a war or you have a what? A pandemic. If you want to get to the place of the goals of the WEF, which is you'll own nothing and be happy. A few elites controlling everybody and everything on the planet. That is the goal. The having the haves, which are very few global elitists, and the have-nots, which will be you and I. Many Democrats who are actually fighting for the global elitists, the Democrats, people like Adam Schiff and Chuck Schumer, they believe that they're going to be part of the global elite, elite controlling uh you know, bourgeois class, the haves versus the have-nots. They believe it, but they'll be left behind. The, the Democratic Party is simply a tool. These are not traditional liberals. These are totalitarians using the Democratic Party to usher in global, a global new world order, a global mark of the beast, a global economy, a cashless society. That is what it's all about. It has been from day one. You want to see the latest coming out of the World Economic Forum? You want to see their latest video? Here it is. Play it for me.
See, now I want you to always remember they're following the religion. Remember the religion. Here it is. Bam, bam, bam. Right here. There it is. There's the religion. You saw them all in the video, right? Marked, masked, and separated with your vaccine passport. Don't worry, though, because you know what? You have NASA that's developing, this is right there on the video, laser technology, where it starts off with five ways that the pandemic can positively impact our future, <laughs> our future going forward. That's, that's, it's, it's almost like it's a coincidence. It's almost, oh, you know, we're so lucky this pandemic came along to usher in all of the edicts of the World Economic Forum. Well, we sure are fortuitous that that happened, right? Really lucky it happened. Yeah, it was never. It was never planned. A lab leak right out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology it was never leaked. It was never on purpose or anything to usher in all of these things. Where now NASA is developing a laser technology that can track your heartbeat. I mean, did you see all those? I can't remember. I should have written them all down. We don't have time to go over them all anyway. Masked, separated, and controlled. That is the point of the World Economic Forum. They can put that friendly music, that soothing music behind it all they want. Understand that it's about Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter 13. That's what it is about, 16 through 18, that he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. What's the next line out of that? That's Revelation chapter 13, 16 and 17. Verse 18 gives us advice. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and that number is 666. And people are like, you're waiting for a 666 to be on your right hand or on your forehead. It won't be 666. 666 stands for the number of a man. I'm not saying you won't see 666 in some things. I'm not saying that some of that is valid, some of it's not, but it is the number of a man. It'll be a man-made fear causing you to put a mark, literal mark. There, don't, it's not figurative. There will, that's why I'm telling you the vaccines are not the mark. But keep a very close eye on the vaccine passports. That's what you, because you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel in the European Union without your vaccine passport. You can't buy, sell, trade, or travel in New York City without your vaccine passport. Pretty soon in Canada, you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without your vaccine passport. You can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without your vaccine passport in Israel either or Denmark, the entire European Union. That's what you need to keep an eye on. Get into, so it's so convenient. So convenient, we're just going to put a QR code on your phone. The next thing you know, there'll be you won't have to carry around your phone anymore. There'll be a QR code in your forehead or in your right hand. For those of you who don't believe the Bible, here's my stern advice for you. Start believing the Bible. Ian Bremmer tweet. Women protesting against the Taliban in Kabul. These women are holding, you won't be able to read their signs because it's not in our language, but they are holding up signs, protesting for their rights in the midst of armed Taliban soldiers. And I just want to say this, when you see this, what do we, you know, Aaron, you can just, uh, or Will, you can mute it and just go side by side. Who's ever doing it? There you go. Now I want you to see this. These women are, see the guy's armed right there. Someone's coming up trying to give them advice. Soldiers walking all around them. In the American church, these women standing here facing almost certain death or sexual battery, 
They stand there and they protest. And the American church, you COVID caving cowards, can't even stay open for a virus with a 99.9% survival rate. You can, we, the, the American church can't stay open for that. You go back to the beginning because it's going sideways. The American church can't stay open. Look at these women facing certain death. And pastor go, well, we, we, we want to, to uh, prevent death. Prevent death. Prevent death from zero to 50 years of age. COVID is 99.997% survivable. Post-infection. Better than the flu. And you closed your church. But it has, don't you worry, it has nothing to do with Revelation 13, 16 through 18. It has nothing, nothing to do with a globalist economy. It has nothing to do with a new world order, a cashless society, or the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. But the Christian cowards, you give that up, leave it up. The Christian cowards can't even stand. Look at these women. You can't even stand. For a virus with a 99.9% survival rate, I, listen, I'm not saying these, these women obviously are not, they're devout Islam, uh, uh, Muslims. They're not going to heaven unless they repent and turn to Jesus. I get it. But as far as character is concerned, I will take them over 5,000 patriot pastors in America who closed their churches but are now patriot pastors. Give me a break, you COVID-caving cowards. All right, let's go to the next thing. John Lonsdale. An Afghani interpreter I have come to know well over the years was hung in the streets last night. They melted his DODID into his chest, cut off his arms, and killed his family. Great job, Joe Biden, and great job to all the people that caved to COVID that has ushered this sort of atrocity into our lives. Because we wouldn't have Joe Biden right now if it wasn't for everybody caving to COVID. Let's just shift up. Hey, Will, let's go to Aaron Ginn. Aaron Ginn tweet couple up, but two, three up. There you go. I love this tweet. In, in COVID world, once tolerant, accepting liberals go full on authoritarian over your body. Listen to this video. Play it for me. Move forward. But the bottom line is, uh, if anyone who doesn't have a legitimate medical reason for not getting fully vaccinated chooses to not get vaccinated, there will be consequences. Who is Justin Trudeau? To tell you whether or not you get vaccinated. He's a traditional sort of beta male liberal. And now he has all this power because of where, where's the church in Canada outside of Arthur Pulaski, Tim Stevens, and a few others. Where are they? Millions and millions and tens of millions of people. Where are you at? I'm not saying the church, the population of Canada, but the church has to be hundreds of thousands. And this is what you have. Oh, you know, we're just trying to be a community partner and we're trying to be a good neighbor. We want to show everybody how much we love and you love them by what? Saying that COVID is some sort of existential threat to your life and that masks will prevent it. All of that's lies. It's not an existential threat. Masks do nothing to uh, filter out a virus. Nothing. You're a liar. And you give people like this power who's saying, if you do not get vaxxed, there will be consequences. Look at where we're at. And, you, and a lot of you Christians out there, you're thinking, oh, this Mark of the Beast stuff. You know, it's right-wing uh, conspiracy theory. Do you read your Bible at all? And by the way, it only took about a year to get from zero to 100. From zero to having nothing where you didn't need to have a vaccine passport to buy, sell, trade, or travel. To about a year later, here we are where you have to have a vaccine passport in large swaths of the earth to buy, sell, trade, or travel. And you guys honestly don't think that at some point that's going to morph, uh, morph into the mark of the beast? You don't think that's going to happen? 
It only took us a year to get to where we're at now. You might want to wake up now and start fighting. These people like Justin Trudeau, they're never these power perverts. And I'm telling you again, if this offends you, I don't care. These people are like, it's almost a sexual perversion, a sadomasochistic power pervert perversion. That's what you give these people like Justin Trudeau power over you because they tell you to jump and you say how high? Strap a mask on and you say how many? The post-millennial video, Justin Trudeau says, look, look, look at the verbiage. Pay attention closely to the verbiage. And this guy is the one giving you medical advice? Play it for me. It is exactly the example of the kinds of things you need to do to counter the she session, the she session, and turn it into a she covering. Fact is, uh, the conservatives beta ma- What a beta male! I'm talking about Canada getting back into a she session and a she recovery. What a beta gelding! I mean, what what a gelding that guy is. I mean, what are you scared of women that you have to seed every last essence of who you are to them? See session, I can barely say it, neither could he, in a she covery. And this is the clown show and the Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer, Mark Milley. Lord, these are the clowns that are telling you what to do. And there's people watching this that do what these idiots tell them to do. All right, Marina Medvin tweet. I want you to see that this is kind of off topic since I'm talking about COVID right now, but I just want you to see the similarities between the Democratic Party and all of the uh, the power pervs around the globe, those that are using COVID as a conveyance to usher in their totalitarianism. I want you to see the similarities between past totalitarianism and current totalitarianism. Here we go, Marina Medvan, the, the Berlin police uh, president, this is from 1938, announced that as a result of a, of a police activity in the last few weeks, the entire Jewish population of Berlin had been disarmed with the confiscation of 2,569 hand weapons. Oh, who, who, who is it that wants to confiscate guns? Is that the right wing? Oh, no. Oh, and they call us Hitler? We're never trying to do what Hitler does. Keep this up now. We're never trying to do what Hitler does. I never try to kill people. The left, the globalist leftists in this world, let alone the leftists in America, kill 60 million people per year in the womb. That sounds way more Hitler-esque than somebody who's pro-life like me. I never try to confiscate guns. I never try to put people into internment camps like they're forming in Australia as we speak. I'll show you in a minute. Jewish population of Berlin had been disarmed with the confiscation of 2,569 hand weapons, 1,702 firearms, and 20,000 rounds of ammunition. Put up the put up the uh, newspaper article. There you go. Look at that. The entire Jewish population of Berlin had been disarmed with the confiscation. We read it all. So there it is. Just want you to see the legitimacy of the article. That is from the New York Times, November of 1938, reported by the liberal media as if it's nothing. You know what else they think is nothing? This right here. Welcome to Australia. Play it for me. Hey, freeze that right there. Now, there you have it. I'll just talk over it. Leave it on the big screen. There you have the police mixed in with the medical authorities. That sounds very Hitler-esque, too, because that's the first thing that Hitler did. Was Hitler came in and said, you know what? We need, me- we need medical reform. And he ended up... 
ended up bringing off all sorts of people off the streets that had different medical infirmities, actually mental infirmities, locked them up and killed them all. And here we go. Here's Australia. This is not, this is not a month ago. This is not t- 10 months ago. This is not 1938. This is 20 August 2021 in Australia. Play it for me. There they are, the medical authorities. You will do what we tell you to do. And now the police backing them up, tearing their child, tearing somebody's daughter out of his hands. Tackle the guy to the ground. Oh, that'll never come to America. Oh, really? You're sure about that? Because we were emulating Australia. We're only a couple months behind them right now. We have now the difference between us and them is we are armed and they are not. What's the first thing that what, what's us? What did Australia do? They turned in all their guns. Now, if you really know the story, they actually have more guns now. They're just illegal. They're under the table guns. They actually have more guns in country now than they did prior to the great confiscation. However, according to the government record, they've confiscated every firearm with the exception of hunting rifles in the country. We are not that way. We're not going to go that way. We certainly aren't going to go that way without a fight. But that people are like, well, that, that'll never happen here. Really? Because you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without your mark of the beast. I mean, up, oh, sorry, vaccine passport in the largest city in America. Ian Miles Chong, uh, no, wait, uh, Michael Sanger tweet. New Zealand goes back into lockdown after detecting one mystery case. Do not congregate. Don't talk to your neighbors. Play the video for me. Stay local and do not congregate. Don't talk to your neighbors. Please keep to your bubbles. It comes down again to those very simple principles. We know from overseas uh, cases of the Delta variant that it can be spread by people simply walking past one another. So keep those movements outside to the bare minimum. Hey, freeze it right there, Will. Freeze right there. See that in the back? Look at the back of that. That is Jacinda Ardern, Prime Minister of New Zealand, talking. Noted epidemiologist, noted doctor, er, totally wrong, but notice right behind her, scan QR codes and turn on Bluetooth tracing. Back to me. Congratulations, COVID caving Christians. Nice job. Fantastic job that we have to look at pictures like that when they're talking about to turn on your QR code or have your QR code ready with your contact tracing right behind the shoulder of the prime minister, a bought and paid for CCP activist, Jacinda Ardern, the prime minister of New Zealand, who has locked down her entire country for one COVID case. One. And it's a mystery case. They don't even know what they have. Maybe she's locked down her entire. Why? Because she is a sadomasochistic, sexually perverted, power pervert. That's who she is. Bought and paid for. By Belton Road, the Belton Road project coming out of the CCP. That is what she is. She thinks of herself as the governor, the governor of, of New Zealand, not the prime minister. She does not think of New Zealand as, as a sovereign nation. She thinks of New Zealand as a state of the globalist nation, just like Joe Biden thinks of the United States. So it's no problem to yield all of your rights and your privileges and your autonomy to some greater authority like the World Health Organization or the World Economic Forum, which is what she is doing. Marked, remember what I said, marked 
separated and controlled. She is a religious fanatic. Covetology is a religion for the devout. You've got your mark for the, for the, uh, for your mask. Boom, 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 your mask. You got your rosary beads right here. You can hang them off your ear. Look, you show your, your devotion. You know what? You real de get real devoted. Get your Vax passport. And look at, look at the devotion that I'm showing. It's got nothing to do with the disease. It has to do with I'm showing my devotion. It's nothing to 99.9% .9 survival virus. And you need this for that. You need this for that. No, it's all about your devotion. You're nothing more than a covetologist Taliban member. That's all that you are. You're not saving anybody's lives. You're a clown show. The average age of death of COVID is 79 years old. The average age of death in America is 77. What, what's, whose lives are you saving? You saw the woman speaking earlier about San Diego County. Their average age of death is higher than the average of, for, from COVID. Is higher than the average age of death in America. You're just a religious fanatic, and that's all these people are. And these people like Jacinda Ardern, Joe Biden, Klaus Schwab, they're just the priests. That's all that they are, and people are showing their devotion to them. All right, Michael Sanger, did we already do that one? Yeah, which one are we on? I'm off, I'm off. Osler, is that where we are? Okay, here we go. Sydney deploys troops. This is Sydney, Australia, has now deployed troops for their new lockdown in August of 2021 into now we are 18 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. Play it for me. 200 troops were deployed across Australia's yeah, biggest up. city, Sydney, on Monday to enforce the city's eighth week of a COVID-19 lockdown. It comes as the city records its largest one-day rise in COVID-19 cases since the pandemic began. That's according to New South Wales Chief Health Officer, Dr. Carrie Chant. Disturbingly, we saw 478 locally acquired cases of COVID to the 24 hours to 8 p.m. last night. Too many people are infectious in the community, and it is critical that we all heed and take part in the actions we're required to undertake. New South Wales State Premier Gladys Berejiklian confirmed seven people in Sydney died from COVID in the last 24 hours, including a 15-year-old boy who also had pneumococcal meningitis. She warned Australians of the long road still I mean, ahead. So the 15-year-old, at least they're honest, had pneumococcal meningitis, a very severe comorbidity. So what did he really die of? Did he die with COVID or of COVID? And they're talking about, she's talking about 300 and something cases out of millions. And think of, I want you to think of 300 cases in terms of there's 6.6 .6 million people who live in Victoria, Australia alone. Millions and millions of people in 300 cases and like eight deaths. And you close down your entire country. For that, well, you know what, we're there, you know, anything for those eight people, and they closed down. If it's anything to save a life, then why are your streets not closed? Why, why are you allowing French fries to be sold? If it's anything to save a life, why are you not closing down all your airports? Why are you not closing down all your highways? Why are you not masked every flu season, every pneumonia season? Why? Because it's not about that. It's about separating you, marking you, and controlling you. All right, Michael Kennedy tweet. Conspiracy theorists in Australia are being validated. I hope that you can read this. Put, it, put the, uh, put, yeah, there you go. Put that up there. Do full screen. 
There you go. I hope you can see this. Just notice the, who this is from. Department of the Premier and Cabinet. Australian Government Department of Finance. Official letter to the resident. Dear resident, we are writing to advise you of an important project happening in Mickleham. The Australian government is working with the Victorian government to build an accommodation facility, I love their name, at 135 Donnybrook Road that will be used for mandatory quarantine accommodation. For accommodation, I love that. You mean prison lockup. For the duration, for the duration, for the duration. COVID will never go away, but this is for the duration of the COVID-19 pandemic. The facility will be called the Center of National Resilience in Melbourne, the center when it opens. The center will be an important feature of the public health response to COVID-19 and its primary purpose is to enable strong infection prevention and control measures to ensure the health and safety of all Victorians. What is that? That right there is an internment camp. An internment. It's all for your health. What? What health? What would happen to you as a vaccinated or unvaccinated person who caught COVID? What would happen to you? Would you die? Well, if you have multiple uh, comorbidities and you're obese, you're high, you have a high chance of dying. Even with that, though, your odds of survival, are, your odds of survival are 95 plus percent. Even if you're obese, even if you're over 80, even if you have comorbidities, more than one comorbidity, more than five comorbidities, your odds of survival are still well above 90 percent. If you're a child just an average everyday child, your odds of survival post-infection are 99.997%. And now they're setting up internment camps to keep people safe from the unvaccinated or from those infected with COVID. Well, even if you walked right next to somebody with COVID and caught COVID, if you're, if you're zero to 50 years of age, you have a better chance of dying of the flu than the COVID. So why are you building an internment camp? Conspiracy theorists, right? And great job once again to the COVID caving church in America. Great job. And all of you pastors that have just simply reopened your church, not enough. Not enough. You need to come out and say, I was wrong. I turned my back on the Bible. The Bible says, whatever I bind is bound. Whatever I loose is loose. And I turned my back on the Bible. And I and I cowered in, in a corner. I listened to lawn dwarf Anthony Fauci. I listened to Deborah Bur Burks. I listened to the federal government instead of listening to the word of God. You need to come out, make a Facebook live video, and confess it in front of your congregation. And God will restore your church. If you happen to notice, your church is is devoid of life and you can do as many games as you want as many giveaways as you want and as many clown show videos as you want the life isn't coming back until you COVID caving pastor repent it isn't happening let's go to the next one Australia removing people this one here is particularly irksome to me watch this guy simply cooperate it is New World Health uh, 1967 off to the health hotel you go. Play it for me and make sure the volume's up. Checking in on a positive case at Greystains. Police in full PPE. As they break the news to Gabriel Chalu, he's off to a health hotel. Well, I went and got tested for peace of mind. Didn't get a text message that I'm positive or negative. And uh, yeah, next, uh, about a week after, I've got police calling me. So I don't know, maybe it's a mix-up. Confused but happy to comply, the concrete heads off for an indefinite stay. Confused but happy to comply. And I saw the size of the guy. I know that I probably wouldn't win that in a fight, but he's a coward. He's an absolute coward. 
confused but happy to comply. You know, this is what's going on all over the country right now. These idiots, people like Boris Johnson, had to be locked up and you know, lock himself down. You know, he's not locked up yet because he's one of the elites for now. Till he gets unelected. But what happens is your your phone goes off and says that you were in contact with somebody who had COVID. How they know that? Don't know. But you were in contact with somebody who had COVID. So your phone goes off. And that's pretty, pretty much what happened with this guy. Is that allegedly he was in contact with somebody with COVID. So the police, not the medical examiner, not doctors and nurses, the police show up at his house and load him up in a police van. And drive them. This is this is not conjecture, folks. This is not conspiracy theory. This was a local news. This is a, a local news story shot on video for all to see. They're proud of it. The world that we live in is delusional. That's why you must stand hardcore. Period. You must stand now. Never mask. Never vax. Never close. Never lock down ever. That's how you have to, you look like this compliant gelding getting into the back of a car, confused but compliant, happy to cooperate. What if he did catch COVID? What if he spread COVID? Everybody that he spread it to would have a 99.9% survival rate, just like the flu. This never happens with the flu. Oh, Tom, no, there's 600,000 people in America have died of this. Are you sure that they've died of COVID or did they die with COVID or did they die being presumed to have COVID? And do you believe CDC statistics to begin with? Allegedly, the CDC says that 3.3 million Americans died in 2020, about 3 million above average, right? That's what they're saying. I mean, about 300,000 above average. So where's the rest of the 600,000? Where's the, where's the rest of 600,000? If we normally have 2.9 million people die every year in the United States, same stat, 17, 18, 19, is 2.9 million Americans died all those years, ran from 2.8 2.9 million. Suddenly, we have three, allegedly, between 3.2 and 3.3 million. So if, if we had an extra 200 to 300,000 deaths, then where's the other 300,000 if 600,000 people died of COVID? None of the math makes sense at all. It's simply in the CDC is bought and paid for by the Democratic Party, which is bought and paid for by the CCP, which is bought and paid for by the World Economic Forum. And this is true, by the way. You want to see more totalitarianism? This is Dan Andrews, the premier of Victoria in Australia. Play it for me. There will be no removal of masks to consume alcohol outdoors. So you will no longer be able to remove your mask to drink a cocktail uh, at a pop-up beer garden on a footpath uh, as part of a pub crawl. Get ready to play it again, Will. Play it again. There will be no removal of masks to consume alcohol outdoors. All right, back to me. No so lo- you notice how the, it's like a boa constrictor. It used to be that if you wanted, when it all started, you could sit outside and eat. Then you had to sit outside and eat with a mask. Then you had to sit outside and eat, like in France right now, with a vaccine passport and your mask. Now you're not allowed to, you have to sit outside with your mask, with your vaccine passport and drink whatever beverage that you're going to be drinking through your mask. Do you see? I mean, these people are perverted. Dan Andrews is a perverted, psychotic man. He sits out there, he has glee on his face as he's telling people to drink their beverages through their masks. And Kamala Harris doesn't mind because she's kissing her husband on a tarmac with her mask on. It's devotion to a religion. And these are the priests. 
They're like the like corrupt pastors ripping you off for tithe money. And you do what these idiots tell you to do on any level? All the conservative punditry out there, like, like Ben Shapiro, Sean Hannity, even Ted Cruz. Well, you know, Ted Cruz is fighting hard right now because it used to be, you know, that you had to wear a mask when you flew. Well, we're pulling that back for you. Now you don't have to wear a mask as long as you're vaxxed. That's what Ted Cruz is doing for you. And I love some of this stuff. I love most of what Ted Cruz does and stands for. But he was very public and very proud that he himself is vaxxed. His family's vaxxed. His kids are vaxxed. And Ben Shapiro said the same thing with the exception of his kids. What's so funny to me is someone like Ben Shapiro mocks and laughs at them for their uh, lockdowns, for their mask mandates, but then takes the vaccine from the very people that are imposing those things. Isn't that odd? That's like saying, you know what, Hitler, I'm against you gassing the Jews, but I really am totally in favor of you gassing gypsies. What's what's the point of being anti-Hitler then? Oh, I, I I I can't believe they're actually they're mask making uh, all the kids masks and you know wear wear masks in schools. I'm so against that. But I did take the vaccine. What sense does that make? Let your yes be yes and your no be no for whatever is more than that is from the evil one. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Now, how is Joe Biden responding to the Afghan apocalypse? So you have what happened, what is happening in, in Afghanistan, which you've thoroughly gone over. How is he responding to the fallback position that has caused Afghanistan to begin with? Play it for me. Unfortunately, as you've seen throughout this pandemic, some politicians are trying to turn public safety measures, that is children wearing masks in school, into political disputes for their own political gain. Some are even trying to take power away from local educators by banning masks in school. They're setting a dangerous tone. For example, last week at a school board meeting in Tennessee, Protesters threatened doctors and nurses who were testifying making the case for masking children in schools. Intimidation and the threats we're seeing across the country are wrong. They're unacceptable. I've said before, this isn't about politics. It's about keeping our children safe. Back to me. Safe from what? Keeping our children safe. Safe from what? The flu is 7 to 20 times more deadly than COVID, and Joe Biden's never done a darn thing his entire life to prevent any child from getting the flu, right? It's their fallback, like I talked about earlier in the show. It's a diversionary tactic. That that video was shot on Wednesday. You have, you have the world on fire, and Joe Biden is talking about kids wearing masks in school to save their lives. A kids, this is from the CDC, from zero to 19 years of age, the post-infection survival rate is of COVID-19 is 99.997%. So what's the point of vaccinating your children? What's the point of masking your children? Well, it's to keep other people safe around them. Then you wear the mask or stupid vaccine or get the stupid vaccine pumped into your veins. The kids have saved lives. It's a total lie. It's a total and complete lie. First of all, masks don't do a daggum thing. There is no study that proves anything about a mask straining out a virus. None, not one. That's why they never cite them. You ever notice that? 
They just use inflammatory language like save lives, and it goes to the diversionary tactic. So you say, show me where a mask filters out a virus. You want to kill people. This is the diversionary. You didn't answer my question. Joe Biden, why is it that you screwed up so bad with this withdrawal from Afghanistan? Are you saying we should have stayed? That's not what I asked you. Show me statistics of systemic racism in law enforcement, please. Oh, what are you, a racist? That's a diversionary tactic. Show me which cities are now underwater because of climate change. You're just trying to kill people. That's not what I asked. Simply asked you to show me statistical data in each and every one of these categories. And you threw out a diversionary incendiary tactic. I don't think there should be social you, social distancing or mask wearing. You want to kill people. Show me the statistical data that, that social distancing and masks even keep people from getting COVID. And I don't believe anybody needs to even being kept, be kept from getting COVID except for a very small minority of the population that is very vulnerable. The rest of it should have gone the Sweden route, which I'll show you the statistical data on that in just a second, which is herd immunity. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, Will Franklin. Last year in the U.S., broadly in Texas, more specifically, some schools were mask optional. Other schools forced or coerced children to wear them for hours each day, every day, often even outside during exercise. Forced mask schools had higher, and everybody see the bottom line there? Show this to your friends. Take pictures of this. Whatever it is you need to do, keep the podcast Take the, you know, take uh, screenshots of all this stuff. Create your own little portfolio of facts and show people. So look at the bottom line for the real bottom line. Forced mass schools had higher infection rates than mass optional schools. Don't believe it. Here's the graphic. There it is. Forced mass, 2.8%. Mask optional, 0.22%. Well, those are really high infection rates, aren't they? We got to save the world. We got a 0.28% infection rate. Ah! You see what these people are doing? They're, not, they're just using what's called gaslighting to get people to comply. They're using an incendiary argument that doesn't even exist because the incendiary language is enough. It's enough to get all the pastors to close their churches in America. You're going to die. Die from what? Oh, this is coronavirus. Oh, really? What's the percentage of death? You're going to die. I just asked, what's the percentage of death? You're going to die. And oh, okay, I'll close then. See, that's not what I did. I'm like, how serious is it? You want to kill people. You can, use, you can use all of your defamation. You can call me a racist. You can do whatever you want to do. I want the data. And here it is right here. Mask optional is better than force mask. Facts done. Democrats, it doesn't matter. Democrats, they show, you show them that, they'll still call you a killer and a racist. All right, I am tweet. Nearly two months after reinstating mass, mass, their mask mandate, Israel now ranks fourth in the world in case rate. So they reinstituted their mask mandate. There it is right there. I believe it is in January of this year. They reinstituted their mask mandate. and Look at their cases ever since. The furthest to your right, yellow marker, yellow line is June 24th. They put it with June 24th. They said January. June 24th, they reinstituted their mask mandate. And look at their cases ever since. You know why? Because masks do nothing. Absolutely nothing. They are simply a sign of devotion. Boom, boom, pinch. That's what they are. Boom, boom, 
pitch. Look how devoted I am. That's all that it is. And now I'll put on my rosary beads for you so that I'll just keep, everyone will keep thinking I'm devoted. Look how devoted I am. Look at the lifesaver that I am. Look at the liar I am. Look at me love. But I mean, it, they do nothing. I can show you once. There's one, one chart after another. Mass do absolutely zero. But don't worry. The Oregon Pediatric Society has set up a class for you and your child. Put that up there for me. Here it is. Tip number one, help your child mask up. Try each step. And notice the bottom, the Oregon Pediatric Society under Cape Brown, which has one of the highest infection rates in the country. They're bashing uh, Ron DeSantis every day. But Hawaii and Oregon, both run by galactic, liberal, progressive, COVID totalitarians, Cape Brown here in Oregon. They've got, you know, their, their COVID rate is every bit as bad as they're alleging that Florida is. But here, you know, they're going to they're gonna put your kid in a mask even though it does absolutely nothing, but it does show your devotion. It shows your devotion. Put it back on the big screen. I'll read that to everybody. Try each step for two days, 30 minutes each day, they tell you. Start with your child putting their mask around their chin. Move to wearing the mask over their mouth. Now wear over the nose and mouth, even if the child is wearing the mask incorrectly at first. This is still a win. They are on their way to mask wearing. Just keep encouraging. Great job, pastors in Oregon. That closed. The ones who stayed open, love you. Great job that we've got this now. I mean, could we look any more like Adolf Hitler? You know, he, he, now they're on their way to COVID totalitarian devotion. Oh, congratulations. All right, Brumby tweet. The CDC has altered its page. They're never honest. Showing age stratified risk of hospitalization and death to obscure the negligible threat to kids. There you go. The CDC doesn't like that their data looks like they're wrong, so they just remove it from the page. That's how it is. Brumby tweet number two. Sweden. Sweden's seven-day average of COVID deaths has been at zero for about a month now. How's everybody else doing? How are all the mass states doing? How are all the social distancing states doing? How are all the vaccination states doing? Well, we got Sweden here who's at zero COVID deaths. Put up the chart for me. And what was their approach? Their approach was very simply herd immunity, and now they're at zero because everybody got the infection. Everybody had natural immunity. They isolated their most vulnerable of vulnerable populations, and now they're destroying everybody. Early on, everybody was comparing them to other Nordic states, and Sweden appeared to be high. Well, now, if you, if you do the true comparison, after about two years, we'll see where everybody's at in comparison to Sweden, including the United States. All right, Ben Tweet, COVID-19. Uh, population fatality, PFR, for a six-month period. Now, I want you to know what this is. This is the percentage of the population that has died in the time period of COVID. So it's showing you how many in that specific... Uh, put it on the big screen, Will. Can you put it on the big screen? There you go. Put on the just Just the chart. Yeah, can you put just the chart? There you go. So there you go. It, it shows you in each and every, every category. 85 years, 75, 65, all the way down. What's the, of the people who died in that age bracket, what's the percentage of the people who died of COVID? So you had all the people who died, and what's the percentage of those people who died of COVID? 
of COVID. Probably some of these are with COVID. So of all the people that died that were 85 years of age or older in the period from February of this year to July of this year, how many of that, what's the percentage of those who died of COVID? 0.4%. 75 years to 84, 0.19%. 65 to 70, they're all dying of COVID. No, they're not. If you're 65 to 74 years of age of the people that died, from in that six month period of time, 0.09% of them died of COVID. 55 to 64, 0.04%. And on and on, 0.02 at 45, 0.007 at 35 to 44. Of all the people that died in that time frame that are 25 to 34 years of age, that how many, what's the percentage of them that died of COVID? 0.0027%. Of all the 15 to 24 year olds that died of COVID between February and July of this year, what's the percentage of them that died of COVID. Well, let's look. 0.0007%.0001% from 5 to 14. From 0 to 4. 0.0002%. Do you see? That's the real numbers. They actually have to put them out because insurance companies will come calling. They have to put out the numbers. All right, go to the next chart. Put it on the big screen because I can't see it unless you put it on the big screen. There you go. This is the COVID mortality risk without pre-existing conditions. Take a look at it. The, 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 uh, I'm trying to remember what the lines were now. Oh, there they are on top. Odds of drowning. There's the yellow line. And look at the odds of dying of COVID is the blue line. <laughs> odds of dying in a fatal car crash. There's the red line, which is still higher than COVID. So if the odds are, look back to me. So if the odds are higher of dying of a car crash or drowning, why have we not outlawed pools? If we're doing, uh, COVID, quarantine mom, super Christian quarantine mom, remember you, making cookies last year in March, looking to save lives, masking up my kids and quarantine at home. Why have you not drained your pool? You'll do anything to save a life is what you said. So if the odds are higher of dying in a car crash or in the pool, then why do you not drain their, your pool and why are you still driving a car? You ever ask yourself these questions? You ever ask them at all? That's the truth. Those are the true statistical amounts late. True statistical day. We'll just skip that one, Will. So there you go. There's where we're at. That's the truth. That's what's fine. I didn't get to any of my vaccination stuff tonight, but I love you all. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm urging you. Like and share this video. Facebook's always messing with us. Like and share it. Get it out. You need to have a Getter account. You need to have a Gab account. And you must have a Rumble account. You must have these three accounts. We have to form our own parallel society. We have to form our own society. We have to do it. I'm telling you. Right now, this is coming out that around 50% of doctors and nurses are refusing the vaccination. Good. They can come to our side and we'll get our own hospitals together. See how it works? Cruise lines that want you to have to show your vaccine passports, we'll get our own cruise line. We'll get our own grocery stores. Well, Tom, that's not very inclusive. Anybody can come. I don't care whether they come. You can wear a mask. Go ahead. I don't give, I don't give a crap whether you wear a mask or not. I'm lying if I said I don't care whether you wear a mask. You're a stupid idiot if you wear one. But anyway, I'll, you know, I'm not going to be mean to you. But that's what has to happen. We cannot be controlled by the globalists, by the World Economic Forum, by Klaus Schwab, by Joe Biden, nothing. You must stand. You don't do things to make other people comfortable when the other people are lunatics. Stand.
Love you all. Be back here, 1030. It's only a one-hour show. Suck it up. Stay up late. Be here, 1030, Saturday night. For Listen, nobody, I'm not trying to brag, nobody does what we do. Nobody mixes in the Bible with the facts like we're doing. Nobody's book, mixing in the book of Revelation like we're doing. It's not simply conservatism. This is standing up for the kingdom of God and standing in the Bible in the midst of tyranny. That's what this show is about. Love you all. God bless you. 1030 Saturday night. See you then. Thank you so much for watching the Tom Lively podcast tonight. We appreciate you tuning in. Mainstream media is no longer reporting honestly about what's going on in and around the world. It is our goal to get the truth and facts out to the people who are tired of hearing the lies of the media. If you enjoyed watching and want to help us make sure it continues, you can invest in the program by going to TomLipley.com and clicking on Give. Thank you so much for watching, and we hope you tune in again.